Hi, patrons. I'm Eric. I'm Richard. And we are giving you the first special episode of Trekabout for the month of January. Because you gave us all that lovely money. Thank you very much for your support. We hope that you enjoy this. And uh, this time, we are going to give us you a podcast about two of the worst episodes of Star Trek, the original series. It's going to be kind of a battle royale, maybe a Trekabout battle. Trekabattle? Trekabattle. Uh, it's going to be the alternative factor versus Spock's brain. Yeah. Now, Spock's brain is considered like the worst episode of Star Trek, the original series. Like I see a- as somebody who is not in the Star Trek world, I see it made fun of all the time as like the worst episode. And True. We, we kind of thought that I, I remember the alternative factor became kind of like our joke for that uh, because it was I mean, I at least found Spock's brain to be fun. Alternative factor wasn't fun. Uh, well, I you know, it's funny because so I listened to our old podcast about this in preparation for this, and Richard did not. So slap on the wrist for you. No, Richard. but I'm trying to be like, you know what everything happens ahead of time, and I'm like coming neutral to everything. So like you've seen this episode before I hadn't. Sure. I, I think that in terms of actual watching of episodes that, that I would want to watch as entertainment, I don't think that I would choose either one of these. No. Uh, the alternative factor, I think, is objectively worse than Spock's brain. But this time, I enjoyed watching the alternative factor more than Spock's brain. And here is why. Because I think that there is a good episode inside the mm. alternative factor. I don't think there's a good episode inside Spock's brain. And I had a lot more... I don't think I would have fun watching the alternative factor this time, but I definitely wasn't bored because I was trying to figure out why it went so wrong. I was, you know, it, it's actually funny because I liked alternative factor a lot better this episode, and I actually understood the plot this time. I kind of understood I was going to say, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, you know, but yeah, it was, I remember the first time we were like, what the hell just happened? And now it's like, all right, I sort of get it. I understand what they were going for. I understand what happened at the end, at least. I mean, you know, I think it's a good opportunity for us to sort of talk about, like, bad television in general, too. Because, you know, this is not going to be a typical episode of Trek about. We're not going to really talk about the alternative factor and then talk about Spock's brain. You know, this is kind of more of a what-the-hell-happened kind of thing. And so there is this great series of books called These are the Voyages by Mark Cushman, uh, who covered the first three seasons of the original series. Apparently, he's writing a book, a sequel to uh, this, which is going to talk about the uh, motion picture, kind of the decade in the okay. wilderness. Then he's going to do another one on TNG season one, which I think will also be really interesting because yeah. that was a disaster. And I, I haven't gotten that far in the season three book yet. But in, at least with the first season of, of, the, of the original series, you know, the alternative factor had a couple of things going against it. Number one is that the... The, the writing process was really interesting for the original series because these books really go into, you know, the story elements. Like, they have, like, the actual dates for when, like, the the, the um, outlines came in, the second outlines came in, like, the okay. initial scripts, like, who worked on them. And, you know, when the show was firing on all cylinders, I think, you know, when, when Gene Alcoon was the supervising producer on it, it was Dorothy Fontana, Gene Roddenberry, or Gene Alcoon that were basically rewriting every single script of the show. And one of the reasons why the third season of the original series is so bad is because they were gone. All three of them were gone. And and Fred Freeberger, who produced the show in the third season, just, you know, not that he was a bad producer, not that he was a bad writer, but he just didn't really get Star Trek in a certain sense. So we'll talk about that with, with Spock's brain. But the alternative factor went bad for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, John Barrymore was supposed to play Lazarus, and he backed okay. out. 
uh, he backed out because, and this is the second reason the episode is so bad, is there was a love story between the, uh, I guess she's supposed to be an engineer, even though she's wearing science colors in this yeah. episode, and Lazarus, the the good, the the evil Lazarus, or whatever the hell you want to call him, the crazy Lazarus. So they cut that out entirely for two reasons. Number one, they were filming this around the same time that they were prepping Space Seed. And in the original conception of the alternative factor, the the, the engineering officer who falls in love with, with the crazy yeah. Lazarus was going to help him steal the dilithium crystals that he needed to go into the alternate universe. Yeah. And they didn't want to do that because they already had that happening Is in Space Seed. Okay. So they took that out. And that kind of like... They replaced it with like two other scenes of him falling down rocks and like battles. It was just, you know, not a good decision. Yeah, this is an episode like all of the psychedelic battle scenes like go on for like there's some that just go on forever and it's it's very much feels like padding you like well it, it is padding because yeah. they, they they just excise like large chunks of the script apparently because this romance was completely cut out you know they they cast a black actress for this and we talked about this when we talked about the alternative factor originally back in 2012 but when they cast a black actress for that role nbc got kind of cold feet because this was before hmm. yeah. um, guess who's coming to dinner came out which is the the famous interracial romance movie with Sidney Poitier and I forget the woman's name and Catherine Hepburn yes thank you uh how did I forget Catherine Hepburn <laughs> is that Kat- she plays the mother Eric. I don't know what I don't know don't be mean to me Spencer Tracy that is not what he's in it Spencer Tracy yes Spencer Tracy and Sidney Poitier had a romance no no that Spencer is Tracy really, and Catherine Hepburn have a romance that is really Really, really progressive for 1968. Yes, that's the secret of the ending. You know that that's the you know at the end it says you know remember do not tell your friends the secret of the ending of Guess Who's Coming to. So I've just like ruined this. So I'm sorry, I ruined Guess Who's Coming to Dinner for everyone. It's fine. I think that if you haven't seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner by now, you're probably never going to. Uh, well, I mean, you haven't seen it because you didn't know that Catherine Hepburn was the mother. So when they cut that and then they, they cast a black actress, NBC apparently got cold feet and they were like, okay, we need to get rid of the entire romance. So, and the other part of that, of course, is that the problem with the alternative factor is that it's really fucking hard to tell the two Lazaruses apart. Yeah. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, of course, is that he kind of got a different bit of characterization when he had the romance, which was completely cut out. And number two is because apparently the guy who played Lazarus uh, was not actually cast and this is the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life he was not cast until the second day of production (laughs) they they apparently dragged this guy who lived in malibu which is like an hour away (laughs) from hollywood put him up in a motel and we were like here's the script you're doing this and he's like what the hell are you like they basically kidnapped this actor to do this part so he had no idea what he was doing And no idea, to, no no prep time, no yeah. rehearsal time. He had no time to learn his lines. The whole thing was just I mean, a there's, huge clusterfuck. There's that one bit when Spock's like, yes, you know, he seems to have two different personalities. One time he's very manic. Then the next he's calm. And I'm like, really, Spock? I didn't notice that, you know? Like, I just, I, I you know, I, I, yeah, it wasn't, I have to say, the guy who played Lazarus played the fuck out of the part like he's just you know he committed to it he went over the top you know he chewed the scenery he was fun to watch you know but yeah he doesn't it's almost like he didn't you know realize that there were two separate characters in this 
No, I think he did. I just think I mean, that, the very, that it's, the very... it's very unfair to the actor. I yeah. mean, you know, he had no time to prepare. Nothing. I mean... The very John... end when he's talking and explaining things, he's calm, and you can tell it's a different Lazarus there. Yeah. yeah. But... but I mean, it's even... I mean, it was just... You know, the alternative factor is interesting because it's a bad episode of the original series, whereas I think that Spock's brain is a bad episode of an entirely different television show hmm. in, in a real way. You know, well, it's funny, you know, because the tone of Alternative Factor isn't like the rest. I didn't feel like I was watching the original series this week. Like, there was a degree where it's like, every so often I will watch an older episode, you know, and it'll be nice to. It didn't feel like that. I just think part of it is is Don Ingalls, who who wrote the original script for this until Gene L. Coon got his hands on it. You know, there's just. He didn't really know a lot. You know, it's interesting, like, reading the book, they, they really say that a lot of times the the writers who were writing these scripts didn't really get the characters and yeah. a lot of the flavor of the characters was injected by Gene Kuhn and Dorothy Fontana now for whatever reason it didn't happen in this episode you know Spock and 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 Kirk are in this episode in the alternative factor and they kind of seem like themselves but at the other side they don't and mo- most of the episode is about this character Lazarus, who could have been a good character if given to an actor who had time to prepare. It basically is just like a master class in everything going wrong on a television production. Yeah. You know, just everything. I mean, even to the point where at the very end of the episode, when Kirk gets sucked into the alternate universe, the antimatter universe, they're on a soundstage suddenly, whereas before they were actually location shooting. Yeah, I was going to say, that was very surprising to me this time, that they did do a location shoot. For part of it. You well, know? the reason why they did that is uh, they actually ran out of time when they were location shooting. So they couldn't, they, they, they didn't have time to film oh that last scene. I mean, this, yeah, it's like. But I mean, the fact that they spent the money on the location shoot, I well, guess. Well, the show actually had a lot higher of a budget at this point, yeah. too. You have to remember. I mean, by the third season, it had been slashed you I know, say, repeatedly. Maybe things like this, you know, were kind of the reason, like. How can you no, just... No, no. It, it, it's not even like, how can you justify a location shoot? This is what you used it for? No. Oh, no, they don't care. I mean, oh. you know, it, it, I don't. I wouldn't recommend that you read the books because I don't think you would like them very much. I don't think that you're into the minutiae as much as I am. But, you know, and you look at this and you say, okay, this is the first season. Spock's experience the third season. You know, everyone says, oh, well, the original series, you know, it was a ratings failure. Blah. That's not true. Like, it won its time... The, the, Spock's brain was number one in its time slot. Hmm. Uh, the show was a success. It was definitely a success. NBC didn't get along with Gene Roddenberry. So they kept slashing the budget. They kept putting it in these bad time slots because they had other producers doing other shows that cut along with a lot yeah. better. You know, and and you look at this and you say they were really shooting themselves in the foot. That by the third season, the, the budget was slashed. There was no money for location shooting. There was, you know, like they just... There were, the money for costuming was gone. The money yeah. for for guest stars was slashed. You know, there were they're not getting John Barrymore to do a third season yeah. episode of, of of the original series. You know, they're just not getting these high caliber actors like they could before. And you you look at this and you say Gene Roddenberry really shot himself in the foot here. He he just it, there there was a they used the you know they used the word contempt in the third uh, uh, season book. Like it, it was just there was just no relationship between the two hmm. of them. Wow, that's that's. I don't know if I knew that or not. Yeah, I mean, that's why the books are so good, is they really do give a lot of this information and put everything in a different context. You know, all through Spock's brain, the scenario I was thinking in my head is like, 
you have that one friend who like loves Star Trek. This is in the 60s. You have one friend who's like keeps talking about the show Star Trek, and the third season's going to come on, and he's so excited, and you finally like, all right, we'll watch it with you. you know. So everybody comes over, and they sit down, and Spock's brain is what happens. You know, like, this is, because this is the third, see, this is a returning series, you know, this is something you would be excited to see, and it's, I mean, it was, it's a, it was a fine, dumb episode to watch after a bad day of work, but it's a terrible Star Trek episode. Well, it's a terrible Star Trek episode. I can't even say terrible, just because it's, it's a little embarrassing. You know, I, Spock's Brain is a hard episode, because... You you can really see what Gene Elkoon and Dorothy Fontana were bringing yeah. to the show. I, you know, like the- yes, Gene Elkoon wrote this episode, but he wasn't he wasn't there to rewrite it. He wasn't there to really polish it and make it good. And the people that were polishing the scripts at this point, Fred Freeberger primarily, they're again they're they're I have no I have no problem with Fred Freeberger. He wrote in a lot of a lot of other television shows. He produced a lot of other television shows. I just don't think he was probably a good choice for this show. You know, this episode I, I feel like if they made it just a full-on comic episode, you know, where they weren't taking it it would be better, but I think we're supposed to slightly seriously take these people and the plight of Spock, you know, a little seriously because let's face it, even on comedic episodes, we're allowed to, you know, most of the comedy in Star Trek came from, like, ha- putting Harry Mudd and, you know, having everyone, you know, play off of him and stuff like that. I mean... And interestingly enough, again, I'm going to blow your mind. Oh, my God. My mind is blown. Gene Roddenberry didn't like the comedy. Gene Alcoon was the one who brought all the comedy yeah. in. Yeah, okay. You, if you remember the show back when it first came on, yeah. the first season, it was not funny, right? Like, it just wasn't funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't really get that sort of comedy flavor until the latter half of the first season when Gene Alcoon was was producing it. And so what happens by the third season is, you know, there was a directive from Gene Roddenberry to Fred Freeberger, and he basically said, I don't want comedy. You know? Yeah, it's like you could see that, that very ending scene when Spock's, you know, going, I mean, that's a funny scene when he's rambling and, like, you know, McCoy's like, oh, my God, why did I connect the mouth, you know, and all of that. I really, like, I hate that scene because it's just Nimoy hamming it up and he just never does that. Well, here's the thing, like, if the whole, if the show had been an episode where people could ham it up, then this episode might have been able to work because, you know you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think this is an episode that would work if everyone is acting a little over the top because it's a ridiculous situation, but... You know, yeah, normally Spock is played a lot straighter and he's, you know, it, it, yeah, it feels very tonally off because I mean, what you said, this is an episode of a different show. In a way, it is. It feels like, you know, it feels like a weird fan take on Star Trek that just happens to have all the regular actors. Yeah, because again, the the the, the people that were working on the show at this point, aside yeah. from Gene Alcoon, who wrote this episode, just... They, they had nothing really to do with Star Trek before. They, you know, it's funny because, like, they didn't even watch. I mean, it's it's really weird to think about this, but Fred Freeberger didn't even watch the, the Not weird the, to think about show. it. J.J. Abrams had that same exact situation. Yeah, well, I know. But you compare and contrast with someone like Nicholas Meyer, who, when he got the job to write Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, you know, went back and, and famously watched all 79 episodes yeah. of the original series. And that's why that movie, one of the reasons why that movie is so good, because he, he identified everything that worked with the original series and, and, and put his own stamp on it. Yeah, Whereas, again, and, and, you know, one of the things about Wrath of Khan is it also addresses a shortcoming of the original series in that, you know, these problems are solved forever, you know, and, right. you know, there's no consequences. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily... Oh, well, it's were, like there's that thing where they have the, the pain belts in, the, in Spock's brain, yeah. 
And that was actually something that Gene Elkoon reused from the Gamesters of Triskelion, where they had the pain uh, uh, necklaces or the collars. Okay. And in this episode, they actually wore collars as well until someone told Fred Freeberger, like, hey, we did this already, and he changed them the belts. I mean, this is the kind of wor- – this is the quality of the work that was going on in the third season. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's – yeah, it, it almost seems like he didn't – well, it's just a kid's sci-fi series. What does it really mean? Let's just finish it, you know? Yeah. In a way, that's almost – because whatever the problems with alternative factor, it's not that it's not taking the thing seriously enough. Maybe alternative factor is taking itself a little too seriously, but this is I think you could make that argument. Yeah. This isn't taking it seriously at all. Yeah, because the alternative factor is just a disaster on all levels, whereas, again, Spock's brain is... I think just a bunch of people that are really tired. They're they're tired of fighting battles. They've lost, you know, their champion Gene Roddenberry, and it's it's just a tired it's show. It's become a job to everybody at this point. Exactly. You know, this is just they're you know, turning out widgets. That's it. Yeah. Because you look at the alternative factor, and I mean, I I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily really have a problem with John Barrymore dropping out. I mean, I think that that they yeah, that wouldn't have made the episode a great episode if, if it was just well i think know, that you know he got the script and he had a lot of meaty yeah. stuff in there and he had a romance and he was able you know i think that having the romance in the episode would have differentiated i mean because one of the problems with the alternative factor is that you can never really tell who the fuck it is and yeah you've got it's not clear who is who and you really need that um i think they're trying to do some business with this bandage but you know it's 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 a little too subtle yeah that's what i was gonna say it's a very you know one of the if you think about Mirror Mirror, where they give Spock a goatee, and that's, you know, a very striking and, you know, immediately noticed. I mean, and of course, in that episode, you don't have the two of them running around, you know, swapping each other places. But I think a lot of it, too, was just behind the scenes since the show was running so so behind in, in the production. You know, just sloppy mistakes yeah. crop up. I mean, you know, his beard becomes like thick and thin and, you know, he kind of like goes down into engineering somehow. Like who, how did that uh, even happen? Uh, like, Well, that's, that's, you know, p- part of it is I don't think necessarily know if the original Enterprise had as much security in the same sense that, you know, the next gen Enterprise, just because there are. You know, in a way, everybody who's there is supposed to be there. There's no like families, you know what I mean? But it's not even explained though. It's but yeah, it's like... beyond that. You know, Spock's brain was after everybody stopped caring. This people still cared, but just was everyone was just having a really shitty day that week. Like, you know, it was just one of those like someone was going through a divorce, you know, someone's mother was sick, you know, somebody, you know, had a bill. You know, it's just like everybody, no one was really working their heart, you know, working on it. Everything was just fucking up and they just like, well, you know. Let's get this done. We'll get it out the door and we'll never think about it again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really the the primary difference between the alternative factor and Spock's brain is that the alternative factor was, you know, we've ha- we have all had those bad weeks at yeah. work where nothing is going right. and You just want it to be Friday and go home and start over again. Whereas Spock's brain is everything going right. And it's just not very yeah. – you're just not turning in very good work. Yeah. The, the the alternative factor, you can't say they didn't care at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, you know, I don't think it's, they're – you know, Spock's brain, I, I think it starts out fine though. You know, I, I – I, I, I mean it starts off like any, you know, Star Trek episode, you know, when Alien comes onto the ship – is mysterious, you know, somebody's in peril and they've got to figure it out. I mean, the parts when they're 
trying to, you know, oh, we've got to, you know, we, we, we only have X number of hours to find the one, you know, and I love how they make it seem like it's a deadline, like at the exact second of 24 hours, Spock dies, like, yeah, like five seconds, body be- works. yeah, I was gonna say, it's not like, you know, he could die at 23 or live to 25, <laughs> but, um, they're just, they're, just, you know, the, the, the scripts were just not given the same care and attention, you know, in this season that the, they were previously. I mean, the very ending, one of the notes that I wrote when, you know, McCoy has, you know, uses this teacher and he's performing and kind of halfway through he freaks out and so the solution isn't to give you know Kirk it because you know he'll risk his life for Spock it isn't to give you know Scotty that who expressed some interest and if he's not a doctor is at least an engineer and knows you know you know does have you know dexterity and you know some no it's to have Spock talk it out like that that you know I mean, like it, stuff like that. It gives him something to do, I guess, but it's not something that really makes a whole lot of sense. You know, it's funny because uh, uh, this is not something that I knew when we initially talked about this episode, but the the book makes it clear that this was actually based on something. You know, they wanted to say something. This was this was actually a social commentary episode, <laughs> believe it or not. Because organ transplants were apparently a hot topic in 1968. Really? Yeah. I thought they were trying to make some kind of half ass. But it's not an organ transplant. It's they remove a brain and put it back in. Like, I thought they were supposed to make some thing, some kind of commentary about, you know, the difference between the sexes and we have to work to get, you know, men well, and all that get, stuff. Is but, late. you know, I mean, but, but, but that's, you know, and that's a fine thing for, you know, the show to deal with. But. Yeah, it doesn't know how to... No, the whole thing about the organ transplant stuff was that the first successful heart transplant had been done like a year or two earlier. And so like there were a lot of religious groups in the 60s that were very against this Mm. and all this kind of stuff. That's what they were trying to do with this episode, which is like, whoa. You know, you look at it and you say, I mean, okay, but... Uh, it's just that has nothing to do. But we, there's no. I mean, the thing is, there are very few organ transplants that are. You know, somebody forcibly kidnaps someone, removes their heart, and puts it in somewhere. You know, I mean, like, yeah, but that's you know, they're, they're making a commentary on. But something. I mean, but, but, but like, I, the, I think the, that if you the, look at the original conception of the episode, that's what they were trying to go for. And you know, yes, removing an organ from someone and giving it to someone else, and I think they're trying to make a point about you know, is it right for someone to die to to have something? You know, that could have been an interesting episode. It doesn't need to be a direct one. One relationship I mean, this with is, actual organ yeah, transplants. This is an episode which you know, and this is an episode which brushes up against the needs of the many and the needs of the few, which I guess was came up later in the yeah in the mythology. But you know, it's one where it says that you know the needs of the few are more important, and you know the many should change its needs. Um, I guess yeah. I don't know, but but again, it's just because everything is so just. Well, it's all. It very, doesn't have a clear ending to it, you it, know. It, the, it's all very generic, you know. I think that that's the primary problem with it is 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 there's no thought given to what this society would be like. There's no thought, yeah. to, you know. It's just. I mean, the ending of the alternative. They're making. They're making a TV show. Alternative that, factor ends on this note of tragedy. It's this, you know. It shows, you know, this man Lazarus, you know, decides to sacrifice himself in order to save, you know more people at large and you know and you know it 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 does i i feel it does hit that poignance at the end and that's do a lot to you know shatner and nimoy you know the way they play it but um you know where they do have this you know yes everything you know it's the right decision for the most people but there is this one person who is suffering and you know you know we still have to we know that you know and really, it will only be – it's this untold story that only Kirk – you know, and it, and it's that nice moment at least – you know, if, if if it's a mess to get there, it is a very nice moment at the ending. 
Yeah, I think that that the alternative factor is much more interesting to watch and trying to figure out what is wrong with it than than Spock's brain because I think what's wrong with Spock's brain is is immediately apparent. <laughs> you know, I, I think that, and and the other thing too about Spock's brain is that it's it's very sexist in a fundamental way that I don't think the original series. Yeah. was certainly the original series had its sexist moments i'm not saying that it was some sort of you know paragon of of social social equality or anything but but other but you know let's put it this way the alternative factor puts a black woman as an engineer and doesn't really comment on it you know like if, if you right. want to talk you know that alone that's a that's a statement in and of itself this is just you know oh we have kooky girls and cavemen you know and they're good those kids are going to be all right I think that I, I, you know, I. It's did, did we end up liking the alternative factor more than the Spock brain? I, I think so. That's really. I, I think that's very interesting. See, and we thought that there we wouldn't get anything out of this discussion. No, I didn't think we were not going to get anything out of this discussion. <laughs> yeah, I think that I do like the alternative factor more than Spock's brain now. I mean, you know, Spock's brain was not as fun as I remembered. Like, I think that the, it's, yeah. it's, it's very tedious. Once, yeah, yeah, once yeah. they get down to the planet and they, they fall down three times and they've got the women and the belts and they've got the thing and they've got the surgery for 10 minutes and you're just like, well, this just end already. See, like, that's the thing. I would like to see some Star Trek episode dealing with Lazarus again, you know, maybe they reopen and, you know, find him and actually give the concept some justice. I, I don't want to see that. I want to see that. I want it to be the next movie. I, I definitely, definitely do not want to see that. And then we could have John Barrymore actually play it this time. He's dead. Yeah, I know, but they have like CG stuff. You know, you could just like take clips and be like, I am Lazarus. <laughs> it's, it's so... It's so weird because, you know, the original series as a whole is is a weird beast and has a lot of problems and yeah. had, you know, different producers come in and out. And once I think it's again, one of the most in, it's a very inconsistent series. Well, it's yeah, it's it's incredibly That's, inconsistent in a way that I don't necessarily even think a lot of 60s television was. Yeah. But, you know, it's just that the people that really got the show and the people that made it who you know, what it really was in the first and second season, you know, by the third season, again, they were just all gone. And, and, you know, you look at it and you say, yeah, Spock's brain is not a great episode of Star Trek, but it's not even a very good episode of television. Whereas I think you could probably make an argument that the alternative factor is not a good episode of television, but it's not a bad episode of Star Trek, at least in some respects, because, it it does at least stay true to the characters. It does stay true to, I think, the fact that they were, you know, really trying to make adult science fiction. Yeah, that's for, for a, a mass audience. You know, it's the 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 scientific accuracy portions of it. You know, Star Trek famously was one of the only Star one of the only science fiction shows of the nineteen sixties that was putting its scripts through scientific review every week. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly they were making things up, but yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time, they really were trying at least to make it somewhat scientifically plausible, whereas... In other words, you know, pretend that this thing is, you know, pretend we can go faster than light. Does the right. warp drive make sense? You it, know, kind it, of thing. Exactly. And, and you know, all of this talk of the alternative universe with the antimatter and the matter, and it's going to destroy itself, and the universe is winking in and out of existence. While it's a little goofy, I think that... It it there's there's a level of verisimilitude to it that in by by the third season they just have thrown out completely and don't care about. No, you've got this brain going left and right, you know, through the entire episode and its programming, and it's you know 
it's fixing a it, it's powering a computer that you right. know, you know the, the, that that you have now obviously you know there there are a, a, a ai and all of that goes through a lot you know and i think more current ai talks about you know modeling you know models of the mind you know have the brain and growing ai is better than programming you know and all that kind of thing you know which was not on the radar in the 60s but at the same time it's they remove Spock's brain. They remote control him. You know, no matter when this episode comes out, it's goofy. Yeah, that's. I guess that's it. Yeah. Like, you know, even you know, one of the funniest episodes of the original series, I mud. You know, I mud. That was really funny, but it wasn't cheesy, goofy. I don't think. Like, it. it no. You know, it. It wasn't. You know. Th- this is just. You know what? When. This is a lot closer to what you think you know, what a negative impression of Star Trek would look like, you know, ladies running around in go-go boots and, you know, just people being, you know, babbling science stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, if if you wanted to kill a show, I I don't think that there's a better way to do it, frankly. (laughs) You know, I mean, even the actors seem disengaged in, in Spock's brain in a way that they don't in the alternative factor. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, again, the alternative factor script has a lot of problems, and I don't necessarily think that anybody acting in the show knew what the hell was going on. But, you know, Kirk and Spock were definitely giving, you know, Shatner, were, and McCoy, Shatner and Nimoy were giving it their best. They were able to find that, they were able to find an emotional core in that again, even if at the yeah, end yeah. they realized that this is a story of tragedy, of sacrifice, of, you know, the price one pays for peace, and all of those things. And they were able to find what it was about, you know, and they were able to hang some, you know, onto that. What the hell is Spock's brain about? You know that that the when you said organ donations, I thought it was a you were teasing me, no, like not. you know, I mean, because that's not even where I would have begun to go with this one, you know. And so, yeah. and there's you know, and it's it's it, there's missed opportunities in Spock's brain too, because of course you know Kirk has lost his friend, and there's a little bit of that in the episode, yeah. but they don't really do anything with it, and. You know, I mean, frankly, Shatner is just overacting at this point. Like nobody's business. The the pain scenes yeah. are are ridiculous. You know, what once Nimoy beams down to the planet, you see the robotic Spock controlled with the little toy thing. I yeah. mean, the whole thing is they just, weren't even having fun at this point. No, they they just. I mean, I think that they all just wanted to go home. I, I don't even know if they really. You know, like I think it, it, there's no way that the show was going to continue into a fourth season. I mean, it's very clear from all of the. Uh, documents in the books that um, you know they they the NBC had clear intentions to kill uh, the show after this season. You know they cut the budget to to almost nothing. Yeah. You know they they really just were were, were starving the show. Uh, and but I don't think that anybody would have wanted the show to go to a fourth season if this is the kind of stuff that yeah. they were going to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one would. It wouldn't have been bad. You know, this was. You know both. Next Generation and to a lesser degree DS9 took their first two seasons, made some mistakes, and then in the third season found their voice. And the opposite happened with the original series. You know, it, it, it I would say in the second series, it was season, it was finding its voice, you know, better. And it was, you know, so yeah. you have more good episodes then. You know, the first season was still kind of figuring it out. It took a few to, but yeah, the third season, it had all fallen apart. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's 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 really sad, I think, because, you know, and Spock's Brain was not even the first episode filmed. I mean, it was the first episode of the third season aired, but I think it was like fifth or sixth, you know, uh, 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 actually produced. So 
I think that's probably part of the reason why you see the actors just kind of going through the motions as well. Because they've done it it a few times and realized, you know, it's not they're like, well, we're happy to be back at work. You know, all right. You know, the old costumes again, the old sets, you know. There isn't even like that energy. No, there's there's just no, I mean that yeah, that's a good way to put there, it. I think no Spock's energy. brain has no energy. There's just nothing dynamic about it in any respect. You know, even the fights seem some, seem a little you know uh, uh, tired and 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 just everyone just seems tired. I mean, everyone yeah. just seems tired. It's you know at this point, I think they're all just counting down the clock. You know, I guess it's good though that it never got a fourth season because. You know, we've talked about, you know, things, you know, oh, well, if this happened, you know, if this happened, we wouldn't have had the movie, you know, wouldn't have been a, you know. And yeah, maybe a fourth season of this quality or even worse with less of a budget, there'd be even, there'd be even less of a reason to want to revive it. I don't even know how they could have made the show with less of a budget, <laughs> you know, like, I, you look, I mean, we we covered the third season already. Well, so I mean, that's course. the whole point, you know, I mean, this, yeah. this is the network's choking and starving starving you know this is the network doing a war of attrition you know it has good ratings but let's kill the ratings so that nobody watches it and you know well, we're and just that's, gonna and that's the thing i mean you know doing the whole truck about thing again and you know gene roddenberry has like an outsized reputation among star trek fans and you know yeah certainly the man had his good parts and he created the whole concept and he created the characters and he did understand it in a yeah. way but i think that you I, know I, I, I think that that a lot of the third season can be rested solely on his shoulders. I think that it's it's his fault, frankly. I mean, I got to be honest. So, as somebody who is, you know, I I would say I am a Star Trek fan now. You know, if I wasn't when we started this, you know, project, yeah, it's, it certainly happened. But since I don't have any of the baggage, since I came to this through a relatively unusual means, I don't have the love for Roddenberry. Yeah, I I. I I basically see him as somebody who created the show, but, you know, when when we were in Trek About Presents, we talked about, you know, Lucas was good. You know, we compared Lucas and Roddenberry, but yeah, like, this is, you know, Attack of the Clones level, you know what I mean? Like, not not as unwatchable, maybe, but, you know, know, better acting, certainly, which is not saying much, but, you know, when other people are taking the vision and the characters and the world and the themes and running with it, you know, Star Trek is much better. You know, Star Trek, I mean, we, we're DS9 is your favorite show and it's slowly becoming one of mine, you know, in the franchise. And that was the, you know, that was the first one that had no Roddenberry really with it. Yeah. I mean, and, he wasn't involved in that at all. I mean, the only thing that they really did was they yeah. kind of went with him and they went to him and they said, Hey, this is what we're thinking they of got doing. His and he went, okay. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, so, you know, and I would say it's the strongest. The world building is the strongest. The characters are the most sophisticated. The themes are very nuanced, you know, in a way that wasn't allowed to be. I mean, we see that in later seasons of Next Generation as Roddenberry stepped down and after he passed away, you know. So, yeah, and I think, you know, Roddenberry, you know, Star Trek is the best when Roddenberry's not around, in my opinion. Well, and, you know, everything that I've read is Roddenberry was not an easy guy to work with. I mean, you know, he very much had that idea that. Um, the, the producer and the network were enemies and yeah. he did not get along with them. I think that he just, you know, they did not have a good working relationship. And and that fa- they actually coming from that, the dictum in Next Generation that, you know, these people are all working together and shouldn't fight and shouldn't have. Con- 
that's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like he, well, there's you know, a lot of psychological sort of yeah. commentary that you could, you know, analysis that you could do of Roddenberry as well. I mean, you know, he's he's he gave more than one interview during the Next Generation days where he basically was like, "I'm so happy we don't have a network to deal with. We can do whatever we want." And you know, it's funny because there's this whole thing about Netflix shows as well. And I read this interesting yeah. criticism of a lot of Netflix TV shows that says basically the fact that Netflix doesn't give notes is actually a bad thing because it means that. You know, you know, network executives, when they give notes, if they give good notes, it can make the show a lot better. And Steven Soddenberg, who does um, The Knack, I think, which I haven't seen, but it's that like 19th century Mm -hmm. medical drama. You know, I actually think it might have been him that wrote this article where he said network notes can actually make a show better. Well, in general, I mean, like that, that's a, you know thing that you'll see a lot of, you know, writers do, you know, they'll, they'll write these really tight first few novels. And then, you know, as they get more and more sales, like they'll just become bloated and sprawling, you know, because at that point, you know, they like, uh, maybe George R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. perhaps, <laughs> um, Stephen King. No, <laughs> no I, like, uh, I like Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. I think that- but you know, yeah. At that point, like the, you know, the person has to, you know, in, in some cases either, you know, they, 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 they just want to leave them alone to do their thing, you know, in the most benevolent way, or, you know, they're afraid, you know, the author's going to take their business elsewhere, you know, and lose, the right. you know, they don't want to offend, but, you know, yeah, it, 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 it's, you know, certainly there's network notes as in, you know, well, they're censoring me left and right. They won't let me do anything. You know, they're, they're, they're worried that I'm, tr- you know, creating a romance between a black woman and a white man, you know, that in that case, a network note is a little ridiculous, you know, right. in, you know, when it's just to make it, you know, the mo- but when it is because, you know, here's somebody outside who, you know, knows television very well, who knows how a script is made and they see this and this would make it better. I mean, yeah, that's that. Those are two different things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, if you look at sort of the history, the production history of, of the original series and to kind of to bring this back, you know, to the alternative factor and Spock's brain. You look at it and you say, okay, Gene Roddenberry had the idea for Star Trek. He fought to get it on the air. You know, in the first and second seasons, he was very involved in the production. You know, he was rewriting scripts. He was writing scripts. He was, you know, doing all of this stuff. And, you know, certainly there was Gene Alcune. There was Dorothy Fontana. You know, Bob Justman, uh, you know, gave a lot of notes as well. The, The producer who was kind of the nuts and bolts guy who was making sure the production stayed on budget. And, you know, there were a lot of people involved in the show. And I think that... The the fact of the matter is, you know, when you're a producer, an executive producer, you know, of a TV show, a lot of times you need to suck it up and you need to make sure that you have a good working relationship with the network because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people, not just the actors and not just the producers, but also all the crew, you know, that are working on the show that are relying on this for, for income. And yeah, they'll go find another show probably, you know, craft services and the lighting people yeah. and all that stuff. But you know, it's just it kind of speaks to to the fact that I think that, you know, more and more I'm coming around to the idea that, you know, the 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 kind of, you know, escalation of the show or de-escalation of the quality of the show from the first season to the third season, from the alternative factor to Spock's brain to bad episodes of mm. television, you can really see how this was Gene Roddenberry's fault ultimately. The buck stopped with him and he killed Star Trek essentially. Huh. Yeah. So, Interesting. yeah. Well, it was his show to kill, and he did a terrible job at killing it. Uh, yes, he did. Here we are, you know, 50 years later, and we are, uh, you know, still talking about it. I know. Uh, yeah. So I think- and then 50 years from now, when we finish Trek about finally. 
well, they keep making the shows. So we're going to have to keep talking about them. Now they got this damn new one coming out in 2017. So <sighs> I'll be excited to cover that. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, we haven't made any decisions about that yet. So, yeah. So but we're having lots of talks. We're having lots of talks. The, these are like the VIPs of Trek about that are listening to this. I know. So they're allowed to hear the behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, that's true. You, yeah. Let's just talk about how we are both naked recording this podcast right Ew! now. Ew! <laughs> I'm just wearing a bodysuit. <laughs> Like one of those slim good body suits. Like here's my pancreas, here's my stomach, here are my lungs. <sighs> so I think that I've changed my opinion. I think that the alternative factor is probably not unwatchable. And how many triples would you give it? I oh, let's bring it back. Got to bring it back. I would uh, give it six triples. Three. It's not good. Six triples. Come on, man. But look, I'm doing like a video game reviewing system where it's like seven out of ten is the really only score. Oh, okay. No, I give it a three. I give Spock's Brain like a one. I give Spock's Brain like a three. It's not good. Not good at we all. We aren't good at rating things anymore, no, are we? No, we're not. We don't know what we're we doing. We were never good at rating things. Uh, all right. Well, this has been the first Trek About special episode just for our patrons at the $5 a month level. We hope you liked it. Um, we want to do a lot more of these, obviously. We'll be coming at you once a month. So if you have any ideas for, for things that you'd like us to talk about. Yeah, I mean, if you, you want know, us to revisit any specific episodes, if you have a kind of a special topic we'd yeah. like to talk about. If you would like us to perhaps do, say, slam poetry about Star Trek for 20 minutes, we could do that. Star Trek is flying through the... I don't know how to do it. Uh, no, that's uh, Shatner. We could have like a viewer mailbag where they like ask us questions. Why don't you send us in like a viewer mailbag questions, listeners? Yeah, I mean, we're really doing this for you. You know, this is just so you get a little bit of a more, I don't know, like a looser thing, like something that is kind of cool. We can do other things that we necessarily wouldn't want to put out on the regular Trek About feed. So, yeah, I mean, definitely give us suggestions. Give us ideas. Um, you can send us an email at trekaboutshow at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. You know, you know how to get a hold of us. You give us money. I like their money. I like their money too. So thank you again very much for making Eric this is naked, naked and rolling around in the money right now. <laughs> Calm down, Richard. We're not making that much money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's okay. No, that's that's mean. So you'll hear our voices again next week when you hear a new episode of Trek About. You can hear our voices right now when you go through our back episodes, which you do every day. That's very true. Yeah, and you all have the download link to the you know full archive. So yep, they do. All right, well, thanks for listening to this first special truck about, and we'll be back at you next month with another one. We don't know what it'll be about yet. Yes, but we do. We've had this, like, we have like a five year plan. Don't let them know that we're just making this up. Richard, you're on mic. I'm still recording. I am not on mic. Oh, I'm whispering. They can't hear me. Okay. So, listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you next month for another special truck about. <laughs>